We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vikings final review and I'm joined by good guy Pierre man how you doing Pierre I'm doing great victory Monday you guys asked me to talk about the Lions are one of the best teams the NFC one of the best teams in the league man Dan Campbell Brad Holmes have just changed this narrative around here I'm excited Malcolm like we are a good football team maybe great but I don't want to say great yet we're good we're really good no I mean shoot I mean I, I don't mind saying great because I, this is a team right now who is very hot, and this is a team that absolutely nobody wants to play right now. If you're a team right now, you're trying to get to the playoffs, like these two teams that we, we actually play, you know, next, um, they're, they're actually still in the hunt for the playoffs. They, they're they looking at us and like, oh, shit, we got to play these hot Lions right now. They don't want to play us right now. Nobody wants to play the Lions right now. So, I mean, if you want to put the great word out there, I don't mind it, man. The way they've been playing lately – these past six games, I'll say they, they played great. Yeah, no doubt. But still, like, you, you want to see more. They've won the games they're supposed to win. Now let's see against a great, obviously, I don't want to get too far ahead, but a great Jets defense. How do they respond to that away, away from home? They've been playing great at home, but they go to a hostile environment. Another team that's fighting for the playoffs. Another team that's, well, kind of a team that's similar to your team, sort of. The way they their build, their toughness and all that. But... We'll get into that later in the week anyways. Man, let's talk about this game. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about not an injury, but a lot of people were kind of wondering what was wrong with Akuda. Akuda left the game because he was dealing with an illness. Uh, I believe he probably has the flu or something. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But it's probably the flu. It's the flu season right now. And he tried to fight through it. 
and he couldn't. They they took him out of the game, and you saw what Mike Hughes did. We saw what um, who else was in there? Jerry, Jerry Jacobs, Jerry Jacobs, uh, and, and um, the other boy, dude. your boy Amani Awarie, and Amani Awarie. I mean, guys, Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the league, and you don't have your best corner. That's going to happen. I mean, there was a play where Justin Jefferson put Amani Awarie in a spin cycle. <laughs> it was yeah. like he put him in a blender. Brrr, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and oh, it, was, I mean, it was one of those plays that you know that, that I talk to you guys about all the time, man. That was a ball that Kirk Cousins just said, uh, "I think my receiver is down there somewhere," and just threw it up. And the ball was massively underthrown, and he just spun around, found the ball, and, and located it and caught it. I mean, that's what great receivers do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you could tell that Jeff was, you know, he was, he wasn't a hundred percent. You know, his, his his energy, you could tell that, you know, he couldn't stay in the game. Like he kept going in and out. But it, the the times he was in there, he did make some, some key place. plays. He made some yeah. key plays, like that that tackle on, um, the fourth and one that he did. That Massive. was a phenomenal tackle. Yeah, that was a huge play. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll see Jeff next week or something. Yeah, hopefully he feels better. Um, now. Let's get off the injuries. Let's get into a topic now. Jared Goff. It's kind of like this topic when like it's kind of been like a roller coaster, right? This year, Goff could be the guy. Goff is not the guy. What the hell is Goff doing? Now it's like okay, these are like out of these five, this five and one streak they've had these last six games. He's played like a franchise quarterback, right? Um, I got some stats for you, Malcolm. Three players to have multiple games with four-plus touchdowns this season are Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jared Goff. Who the fuck thought Jared Goff would be with those guys, mission with those guys? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I mean, geez, I just said Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jared Goff. They are the only three quarterbacks to throw five-plus touchdowns and zero interceptions since week 10. Like... Yeah. Who would have thought that? Seriously, if I told you beginning of the year, this is going to happen, you're like, are you high? Are you drunk? Like, what's going on? You know what? If you would have told you or Tyler that, you guys would have said that. I would have said, you know what? Offensively, you know, I'm looking at what we have offensively. I would have said, shoot, we have a chance. I would have said we had a chance to do that. Jared Goff would have had a chance to do that. You know, I've been preaching all year that, you know, Jared Goff is a quarterback that needs, he needs at least, a, uh, he needs, he needs weapons. You know, he's not going to go out there and make nothing out of something. You know, right. and I've been saying that, you know, during the rough times. And I, and I said, you know what? I know it's rough now where everybody was ready to, you know, write him off. You know, once we get healthy, we're going to be in this conversation right now where, oh, wow, he's playing really great football. Is he the guy now? And this is where we are right now. I mean, Jared Goff, he is – he hasn't done nothing to shock me during this stretch because I've seen this – I knew this was going to happen. Once the guys got healthy – He's gonna be able to perform. It just is is how Jared Goff is. I'm not shocked a bit. I think he deserves it because if you look at his numbers, um, everything aligns up to him at least lasting another year. I mean, they're gonna pay. They want to pay him thirty million dollars next year. I'm not gonna complain about it because you know he's a guy who hasn't missed time. So he's like, all right, he's available. You know, stat wise, he has a production. So yeah, you, there, there's no way to feel some type of way about the Lions paying him thirty million dollars next year. Now, as far as you know, right now golf is twenty eight right now. Yeah, now, are they gonna like you know sit down with them and say, okay, we're gonna sign you a seven year deal, uh, two hundred, four hundred thousand, four hundred million, like some uh, crazy, uh, <laughs> something crazy like that? 
No, I'm not saying no. That. Okay, all I know is that his contract. He's still on the contract. He's going to get paid thirty million dollars next year. Um, right now, he's their best option. He's a guy that has a lot of chemistry with Ben Johnson. Uh, that the team is rally around him. He has chemistry with the team right now. They're hot right now. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything to try to break that up. Right, and then you also saw like I don't know if you've seen the past few weeks, the Lions receivers are posting that that pickup golf where he's like. Um, that dude for Halloween. It's that costume. You know, uh, he wears those glasses and those chains and puts, like, his finger, like, his, uh... You know which picture I'm talking about? The, no, Malibu, the Malibu. The Malibu picture. Oh, the, the um, the Malibu's Most Wanted. Yes, thank Malibu's you. Thank wanted. you. Yes, I was, like, yes, that movie. It's on the tip, it was, like, on tip of my tongue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the receivers have been posting that picture of him, oh, like, the have? past couple... Yeah, they have. T- today, wow. I'm going to today. I believe Char posted it. Uh, yeah, last week hating. they posted it. <laughs> don't, don't be yeah, hating. Literally, it's don't be hating. So, <laughs> and you can tell, man, the locker room. Even Campbell said, like right now, like like he said in the beginning of the year, he was like a little hesitant with golf and the passing game at times. He's like, now we trust him. Like they have full trust in him. Um, he's not. You know, we kind of talked beginning of the year. He was just sitting in the pocket being a statue. Now, if something isn't there, he's running it or he's throwing it away. He's not taking a stupid sack. Um, he's not he's not throwing interceptions. He's not fumbling the ball like he did in the beginning of the year. Take care of the football. He's finally hitting on the deep ball, right? So you're seeing the stuff that we had concerns about. He's answering those concerns, and you like to see that he's improving. Yeah, that, that's I mean, really yeah. nice to see. Yeah, so yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, man. And then I would want to mention one thing. So Ian Rappaport said yesterday before the game, like you know how in the morning they like release some news and stuff or some rumors, he goes, as sources have explained, golf is believed to be their starting quarterback period, not just until someone else comes along. With all due respect to the unknown, weird things happen in the NFL. The plan for golf is to be in Detroit for the future. So it looks like right now the Lions believe that Jerry Goff is their franchise guy. And, like, right oh. now you can't argue against that, right? You you just can't, just the way he's played. Now he needs to continue to do that. I feel like, you know, if he struggles in these next couple of games that are on the road, it's like, all right, like – Maybe he's not the guy, but the way he's played these last five, six games, you can't make an argument for that, Malcolm. You just can't. Yeah, absolutely not. And then the thing is, is he going to struggle the next four games? Absolutely not. Like, there's going to have to be like a massive bug injury wise for them to, you know, go downhill. Right now, they're clicking on all cylinders. This, the thing that's so amazing about this offense is that we have so many weapons. There, there's so many weapons. There's not a guy who can just key on a circle. Like, you play the Vikings, you're circling Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. You're like, oh, you got to make sure to do whatever you can to try to slow him down because he's their whole offense. You know, we have so many so many weapons. I mean, they're seeing DJ Shark, you know, stretch the field. Now, now the team are like, oh, shit, DJ Shark is stretching the field. You just saw Jamison Williams get wide, completely wide open on his very first catch. I mean, it's just, we have so many guys right now. Monroe St. Brown. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a main guy you're about to be concerned about. But there's so many guys on this team right now that it's really hard to defend them. Like, I'm not sure if you want to stack the box against us and try to take away our running game, which I think our teams probably should. Um, but then you're going to leave those guys one-on-one. Uh, it's, it's, the offense is going to be just too explosive right now. I think right now we're cooking on all cylinders, man. There's, I don't think we're going to be slowing down anytime soon. I agree with you. And, like, what you, what you see a lot, too, is with the passing game is teams are starting to load the box up, right, to try to stop them. That's why their running game hasn't been as effective, like, you know, the explosive plays are kind of gone and all that. Obviously, that has to do with Swift. And Jamal Williams isn't, like, the type of back that's, like, going to get you 20, 30, 40 yards. He's going to get you, like, those 
three, four, five, six tough yards that you really need. He's not like a guy who's going to run it for like 40 yards. I mean, he has done it before, but yeah. he's not a guy who's going to consistently like do it, like kind of like how Swift does when he's healthy and when he's right. They're just two different backs. One's a power back, one's an explosive speed back. Um, but you know what? You know what, though? Um, Justin Jefferson is doing a really good job. Justin Jackson. Um, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. I'm sorry. Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Yeah. Justin Jackson is doing a really good job, um, you know, picking up the slack where, you know, sometimes we're swift and slacking off. You know, you'll see him come in and get those those, those tough yards. So that, that, that's, good. that's good for him, man. Yeah, I think Justin Jackson deserves more carries, too. He had four carries, and he got the best out of those carries. Swift is like... I mean, we talked about this before. I just don't think he's mentally right right now. Maybe it's like the injuries are in his head or something's like he's just not. The way he's playing, he looks like he's thinking instead of like just running kind of. I don't know. I don't know if you sense that. That's what I sense. Kind of. You see some, hesit- you see some hesitant about him. Like he's a little hesitant on um like like where exactly he wants to go in the hole. Like if he sees a hole, he's not sure if he wants to cut, cut into that hole or, or try to, you know, go around it. And you see him like. A lot of people call it like like dancing around, trying to see where he wants to go. That that's what you're seeing with him. So hopefully, um, he gets better because before he was just like a one cut guy. He'll see the hole, make one cut, go through it, and then he's gone. He's um, gone. Yeah, yeah. Now, now he's. I think he's thinking too hard. So once he got, once he gets back at just finding the hole that he's supposed to go through and just running through it and just kind of field making that one guy miss and, and making a big play. I think you know, like you said, he probably got to give um. Jackson some more carries. All right. We, we talked about the offense, talked about Jared Goff. We talked about the receivers. We got to talk about my favorite play of the game. That is tight end Panay Sewell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is why I love this that play. Was awesome. that, that was awesome, man. That was an awesome play. So a few plays before they ran that play, they put Sewell in motion and used him as a blocker. So, you know, Minnesota's like, all right, they put him in motion. He's probably going to be a blocker. No, he's not a blocker. They they freaking pass it to him, and then the linebacker or the corner tries to like say like get off me, gives him the hands like get off me. I was like, all right, Sewell, like okay. Yeah. Campbell joked after the game, like Campbell joked after the game. If he lost some weight, he'd be a Hall of Fame tight end. I thought that he was probably, funny too. He, he he could be a good tight end right now though at, at his current weight right now. I mean, he has good speed. You saw the way he moved when he went in motion. He was he wasn't like slow. He 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 was moving. Uh, I think he probably could. I, I, I heard he did. He play tight end in high school or something, something like that. I, I am not sure. I'm yeah, not I, sure I, I think I think I heard that somewhere. That he played tight end in high school. But yeah, T.J. Hawkinson. I mean T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, Penesul <laughs> definitely uh, came up clutch. And I want to give a big shout out to Ben Johnson. Man, that dude is he, he's been phenomenal. He, he's actually the big reason why this offense has been clicking. As, like like he's been doing, you see so much misdirections and so many plays. Like you see that that touchdown play that um Jared Goff threw to um Josh Reynolds. Yeah, it was like a big pitch, and then yeah. it was like a it was like an RPO kind of like pitch, like big pitch, and then you know you're gonna have your guy in the slant and he's just caught wide open. But the the good like if you're watching that play, you see how all those linebackers sucked into um that pitch, thinking that he's gonna pitch the ball. That's why he was so wide open. I mean, this that's just a credit to Ben Johnson creating these plays. He's doing. He's a. I, I, I'm really not sure if he's going to be here next year, which I'm. I'm pretty sure we'll find a guy that that's going to be able to take the same philosophy and just keep it rolling. But I, I'm. I mean, this guy. I mean, this is the kind of guys they go for now. These young coaches, great minds, and they get them while they're hot. Right now, he's hot. 
Yeah, he is. Um, and he has Goff playing best. And credit to him, too. What he's also doing is he's doing what Call, I mean, what Goff excelled at at Cal and what he excelled at with L.A. He put a lot yeah. of those things into it. He's not telling Goff, hey, this is my playbook. You're going to learn it. He's not doing that. He's playing to his players' strengths. And I love that about him. Some coaches, are they're so stubborn. They're like, this is my way. This is how we're going to do it. Like it or not, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> God, my throat. McVeigh. Oh, I'm sorry. Not necessarily McVeigh, but like you know, there there is some play callers who don't play to their players' strengths, and we see it all the time. And we see it sometimes when quarterbacks with with quarterbacks as well, right? So uh, it's a credit to Ben Johnson. He's playing to his players' strengths. Um, he's he's using like their speed. I mean, I love we have speed on offense. Malcolm, when's the last time we had this much speed on offense? Uh, the day before never. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably uh, the closest you could go to is Calvin Johnson when he had Nate Burleson and um, Tidys Young. But even Tidys yeah, Young was like, Tidys Young was even as fast. Tidys Young was like I, a four four guy. He yeah, was a four four guy. But now, man, they got like. JMO, Chark, these backs, an athletic offensive lineman. It's, it's just, it's really fun when everything is clicking and everyone's healthy. So yeah. big credit to Ben Johnson playing to his player's strengths. And then also I want to say a shout out to uh, to one player in general, Logan Stenberg, zero pressure allowed. So or was it one? One, one or zero? It was one. One, one, one pressure one. allowed. Shout, shout out to Stenberg. And then also uh, – I want to mention some other guys. Taylor Decker, his last four games, hasn't allowed a pressure. And then Sewell has four pressures in over five games. That's uh, Jeremy Reisman posted that uh, those stats. Shout out to those guys. And I think with Sewell, obviously, when you're playing next to Coyote, um, how do you say his last name? I forgot. Oh, Oshika. That's, it's Oshika. Oshika. Coyote, Oshika, Dan Skipper, Logan Stenberg. Yeah, whatever. So I think also maybe you're helping those guys and you're getting pressures. I don't know. But regardless, man, those two guys are both playing at a really high level. I've seen just Sewell is different the way he moves, man. I mean, bro, they tight end. They pull him. They they had him in motion yesterday as a blocker. Yeah, that's how he caught, yeah, that's how he caught the pass. He went, went to motion. Yeah, yeah. No, like I'm talking about like the opposite side. They had him running like from this, the opposite, like from the yeah. right to the left side. Yeah, that's like, how he got the pass. He went in motion, and he 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 went from all the way. He was lined up as a wide receiver, bro. I know, I know. He lined up out wide, and then they motioned him in, and then he ran across. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Whoa, shit! Why this big guy? Why this big guy in motion?" And you know yeah, man. He had more receptions than Jalen Rager. If you don't know the story, Jalen Rager guaranteed a win for the Vikings. <laughs> he had zero receptions. A Penesua, a right tackle, had more receptions than Jalen Rager. That's why. That's why we get some of these players, man. I just, I just don't. Sometimes I don't get some of these players. Like, come on! Like, why would you? Why would you come out and say something like that, knowing good, good and well, you never need the damn game plan. You never need the game plan. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not even in the game plan. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but Decker said after the game, uh, I thought Drager against you. So you know, the Lions blew that shit up on like that big screen they got. They said it in their meetings, whatever. They're like. They probably Dan comes like this fucker thinks he he has a chance to win or something like that, and you know the rest is history. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about this Detroit Lions defense versus this Minnesota Vikings offense and Justin Jefferson, whatever he did that game. Yikes. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners. It's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O D D S T R A D com slash bluewire Oz Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. Uh, Pierre, the yeah. Lions defense, uh, they gave up a lot of yards to Kirk Cousins. But what they, they did. did do is they did do something that was really it – was, it was unexpected. And they actually showed me that something is fixed on the defense, and this is their running defense. Yeah. Oh, Delvin Cook to what, 22, 23 yards, 25 yards? There you go. 15 carries for 23 yards, one touchdown, one half average. And then Alexander Madison, two carries, negative one yards, negative zero, negative half, or yeah, negative half average. So, so uh, what's interesting about this, so I was listening to like, I saw like a clip on YouTube, CBS Sports, and it was uh, Chris Spielman's brother, what's his name? Uh, used to be a GM for uh, Rick Spielman, used to be the GM for the Vikings. And he yeah. said he talked. He said he had some intel, but basically, what the Lions are doing is they're two gapping on uh, on running downs. What they did last year, instead of one gapping, what they did at the beginning of the year, last year worked, right? So they went yeah. back to what worked last year, and you got those two big defensive linemen, two gapping, um, and 
credit to AG and whoever else. I mean, I'm sure the D-line coach, all those guys for, for making that adjustment. And ever since that, I mean, they held Saquon in check. Remember, we were so scared about Saquon. He didn't do shit. Dalvin Cook didn't do nothing. Um, in general, the Lions haven't had a 100-yard rusher the last so five or six games. All right, I, I, I got that? a stat for you, man. I actually oh, got go the ahead. numbers for you because I actually looked at it. So the last 100-yard rusher that's not a running back was Justin Fields. And that was week mm. 10, I believe. As far as a running back, you go all the way back to week five when they played the New England Patriots. That was the last time they gave up a 100-yard rusher as a running back. Uh, they after that they've been keeping everybody else in check as far as like the running backs. So they did they've been doing a really good job. Yeah, shout out. I mean, I want to give Benito Jones a shout out too. I thought he played well yesterday. Uh, Aline McNeil, obviously Isaiah Bugs. He's been just a great addition. He's, I mean, on those early downs, he's eating guys up. He's eating blocks up, opening stuff for linebackers. So those guys, man, shout out to those guys. Bro, I mean, I would have never thought the run defense would improve this much. I mean, you're, you you had some guys in the secondary. That defense could be almost damn near, like, hard to play against. You got your yeah. pass rusher and Aiden Hutchinson. Well, let's get let's talk about the pass rushers. I do want to mention yeah. a stat. So, ahead, man. the Lions rookies lead the team in sacks. Hutch has seven, and James Houston has four. And I believe Houston has only played, is it three games? Three, three games, but I'm pretty sure, like, the amount of snaps he had in total probably doesn't equal to one game. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it is. Uh, he has different moves, too. He has – so that move that I saw last week was just like, what the fuck was that? It was like – I don't know. It was like he, like, hesitated and went. It was crazy. Uh, he's winning with his hands. He's winning with his speed. I, I don't know what, what they're doing in Allen Park or how they're cooking, what the D-line coach is doing. But, man, credit to that guy. Him and even Shep. I'm pretty sure Shep helps him out because he's also, like, I guess, a linebacker, him and Hutch. So shout-out to uh, Shep and the D-line coach. Yeah, man. Uh, these these linebackers, and, or I will say edge rushers, are definitely coming alive. These rookies, Aiden Hutchinson. Like he, I saw some plays from Aiden Hutchinson that was, like, had me in the wow. Um, there was a play that he completely, and I mean completely, just bull rush um, the tackle O'Neal. And he just he pretty much took him off his feet. Yeah, he landed just was on his ass. Yeah. yeah, he had him right on his ass, yeah. That's a grown-ass man. Uh, uh, the, a tackle who's a – I'll say, what is he, a top 15, top 10 tackle in the league, you say? Top so 15? there's like the tier one of right tackles, the Sewell's, the Lane Johnson's. He's in that tier two of yeah. right tackles. He's, He's really right, good. Tier twos? He's a yeah, really good tackle, right man. Tackle. He, yeah, he ain't he no scrub. Nah. But the way Aiden Hutchinson levitated his ass, picked him up, and dropped him on his ass, you would think that they're like, wow, like <laughs> – like you'd think that he's a nobody, but no, man. Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson, man, he's really coming out there and, and putting it to work. Him, James Houston, um, and everybody else, man. That, that whole – I mean, I looked at the stats today. I think as a team uh, against Minnesota, they had a total of 22 pressures. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's, 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 that's crazy. Yeah, well, the thing is, so they were getting pressures, but, you know, Kirk was doing a really good job moving in the pocket and avoid I mean some of them he got hit but he did a really good job yesterday of avoiding those pressures and finding Justin Jefferson and finding oh, yeah, Adam Thielen and those guys yeah he, yeah he got hit a lot yeah he got he, yeah. got he got hit a lot um but yeah um yeah they definitely they definitely gave put pressure on him if you're worried about uh, the lines and can they pressure a quarterback uh you don't have to worry about that no more um yeah 22 is a high number for one game 
Yeah. Uh, here you go. Isaiah Bugs had five pressures. John Kaminsky had three pressures. Bugs also had a sack. James Houston had three pressures and a sack. Hutch had two pressures and a sack. And then Jerry Jacobs had a sack. These are PFF numbers. PFF doesn't do half sacks, but you get it. Like, yeah, these guys balled out. Yeah, they did. They did, man. So, man. That, that's cool. Like you said, man, Aaron Glenn, man, he did a hell of a job with this defense. And uh, speaking of speaking of defense, man, I, I want to talk about Isaiah Bugs because I think Isaiah Bugs actually made the play of the game. I think that that, that strip sack he did um, because they were about to tie the game. It was about to be a 14-14 game going to half. But Isaiah Bugs, man, he kind of he blew up the play, knew they were going to kind of do a jump pass, and he, he stripped um, Dalvin Cook. And I think that's a, that was a play that swung the whole momentum to Detroit. Yeah. Without that so, play, we probably don't win that game. You know what's crazy is they like the broadcasters, you know how they have those meetings with the coaches and stuff? The coach basically said, we're not going to get a kid. We're just going to play football. And they tried to have Dalvin Cook throw a ball on the one-yard line, try to get cute. If it's me, man, it's Dalvin Cook, just punch it in. Like, don't get cute. Don't don't think about it. Just p- punch it in. And they got cute. They fumbled it. And then Kirby at, at recovered the, it. You know, At that point with them, I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily run the ball because you're looking at what they were doing. How, how were they running the ball prior? I mean, at that point, they are probably averaging one yard per carry. So then you're like, okay, um, they're suffering the run really bad. Let's just spread all our guys out and they just get an easy touchdown. I mean, they're, they're two yards away. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you spread it, you know, go maybe go five wide or, you know, four, four, you know, have four wide receivers out and you spread out the defense, I'm pretty sure he'll be able to find Justin Jefferson somewhere. But um, yeah, the jump pass was a horrible idea, horrible play call, bad idea. I mean, but that's one of those plays. Like, if it if it if it, if it works, because the guy who he was intending to throw the ball to was wide open. So if Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook would have had a little bit more time to, you know, see him open, it would have been an easy touchdown. But is the fact that Isaiah Bugs blew that play up really early, and yeah. got to Dalvin Cook to the point that Dalvin Cook, because he was in Dalvin Cook's face, Dalvin Cook couldn't even see. Um, their it was their fullback. It was his name Ham. Uh, I think it's CJ Ham or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah he, he's he's the I one that was wide open. Yeah. yeah, that's that's where the ball was going to because he was wide open, and um, yeah, it's because Isaiah Bugs blew up that play. And that, if they would score that play, it would have been fourteen fourteen going to half, and then you could have a whole new ball game, and then you don't know who wins that game. But he saved Isaiah Bugs. I think saved the Lions to win that game. I think the whole momentum just switched on that on that play. Yeah, and I believe the Lions have had 12 turnovers in 12 straight games, which is the longest action streak in the NFL. I saw that in the, like, the Fox graphics. You know, they show those graphics during a game. So that's another thing is that they're they're getting the ball and they're taking care of the ball. When you win the turnover margin, the turnover battle, you're most likely going to win the game. They lost the turnover battle against the Bills. They had the one fumble. Bills didn't. The Bills won. And it was a three-point game. That's how close these games are. If Vikings, for example, don't fumble that ball, they score, it's probably a one-point game. It could go either way, right? Like, the whole game just changes. So, yeah. uh, that was uh, that was good to see. I mean, this That's is good this to whole, see getting those this whole team, man. This, this whole team is just, is just different, man. Such a different feeling, man, especially for us. I mean, we haven't we haven't really watched the Wayne Fontes seasons and stuff like that, but I know some of the older generation, they, they have. Um, 
they're they're saying that this is probably as close to that where you know he would rally the the team up late and then they'll you know get into the playoffs. But uh, you know, for us, this is like we haven't seen this type of Detroit Lions football. Uh, you know, you see offense playing lights out, defense playing great football, special teams playing great football, playing special and football, special yeah, they're playing special football. And, and speaking yeah. of special teams, you want to jump into that, man? I mean, the special team right now, what's going on, man? Like they, they're, even they're playing well. I mean, I know we had that one missed kick. Uh, you know, I rewatched the game. And I tried to rewind it a few times, see if there was a bad. It wasn't a bad snap. All right, so it would just look like it was just on Michael Badgley. And I hope I said his name right because Pierre, uh, Tyler's not here to correct me. <laughs> I believe you said his name right. I did not. It's, so normally I say Marvin, the Pistons player. I was like, fuck. And, and it's yeah. Michael Badgley. You said it correctly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I said it correctly. Okay, Badgley. great. Yep. All right, yeah. So he did miss that. He just missed it. Okay, so this, there, was no, there was no bad snap. I, I rewatched it like eight times. And try to see if it was a bad snap. It wasn't a bad snap. It looked like it was just Michael Badgley. And but besides that, man, they're everywhere else, man. Even the punts, the punts look phenomenal from Jack Fox. Um, the the kicking game, the return game. What's going on with that? What's going on with that special teams, man? Yeah, Khalif Raymond's actually one of the best um, returners right now this year. I mean, he hasn't scored, but he's getting yards. He's making guys miss, right? I mean, we saw yesterday he got us in good field position a couple times. And then I think also the play, this is maybe the play of second play of the game because the first play was so this is the second play of the game. It's fourth and six, I believe. I believe the Lions were in their own territory. Was it fourth and six? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I know exactly what play you're about to talk about right now. (laughs) Okay. This is a Dan Campbell, like, if he doesn't get this shit, like, we lost the game because of Campbell. You'd be hearing that right now. Yeah, um, I'm right. We'll be hearing that. You'll believe, you'll see a lot of pissed people saying this is why we can't win games because of Dan Campbell, blah, 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 blah. You're, you're absolutely right, man. Here's the thing. He thought that the offense was kind of like, you know, they didn't really do much. Like, All right, how do I get momentum? Let's give it to CJ Moore, who wins a 4 3 8. Let's see what he could do. Obviously, really well actually, except this dumbass Jaron Williams. He's probably going to be cut off the practice squad. I don't care. <laughs> I, hope, I actually hope not. I hope not because he was just a kid. He's just a kid that made a stupid mistake. He's played. He's, he's played in the league before. He's not. I mean, he's played with the Cardinals. I don't know if his first well, year, yes. or second, or something. Okay. Yeah. It might be. I, I, I know he's from. I know he's from. I know he's from the practice squad, but that's why I thought you know maybe he was. I didn't know if he was drafted this year or not. But I mean I'll to be you. elevated. You know, he was, a, I mean, as far as a gunner, he was the first one down there. <laughs> he's fast. He's, he's fast, but, bro, he didn't tackle him, though. Remember, he, he went yeah, one of his tackles. It, it, it because, because he got there so damn fast, <laughs> he just, the the, the, the kick return Jared just had Davis a big one. Jared Davis that yeah. gunner. That's yeah, it's pretty right. much Jared Davis that gunner. But those kind of help. It helps out the other guys. It does, but, you know, he had that, that, uh, whatever you want to call it, the taunting play, which was so stupid. Like, why are you doing that, dude? Like, you just got called up to the roster. Shut the fuck up and play. Respectfully, that's how I feel. Like, you got yeah. called up. You're not. If you're a star, whatever, you could talk your shit. But you're trying to make this roster. You're trying to make a name for yourself. Put your tape out there for other teams to see. You know, he's probably not going to be here for long term. Like other teams, I don't know. He's just bounced around the league a little. Cardinals, 2020, undrafted free agent. Now he's with Detroit. Practice squad gets elevated. And just stupid shit like that. Misses a tackle. I mean, that's that's not how yeah. you make a roster. That's, that's bad tape. 
hopefully they put him back on the practice squad, let him redeem himself in practice and see how he does. I mean, there's one thing I tell you all the time. There's something you can't teach. And that's speed. speed. <laughs> that brother has speed. Yeah, he ran a 4-2-8. Um, at his pro day. It was during COVID. It was during COVID. So, like, those numbers are, might be a little, you know, but he's fast. Inflated. Inflated. Yeah, but you could tell he's fast because he he's was fast, yeah. he was, he was a gunner and he was at the kick returner. The first one. All the, <laughs> like that. All the, yeah, by by far. Like, the, the other gunner on the other side was, like, 20 yards away. Like, <laughs> he was, he got there quick. Yeah. Um, also, man, CJ Moore looked like a natural running back running that fake punt. I saw Eric Schlitt make a tweet. They're like, man, they should consider him at running back. I was like, I mean, we I tried that before. A snaps. We, we tried that before. I didn't like it. Let's not do that experiment again. I mean, but yesterday, man, he, he ran hard. He ran fast. Like, I thought he was going to take it all the way. Honestly, I was like, I was screaming, go, go, go. And then some dude just comes up to him and was like, fuck, I thought we had a tud. I actually thought yeah. it was going to be a tud. I, I don't mind the, the, the trickery stuff, but once you're saying running back and he has multiple carries in the game and teams are like, like, you know, just have like a, a player two where like you bring him in as like a little decoy or just kind of confuse the defense or a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, yeah, you could, you could do that. You could do that. that my fear is you give this guy carries and now defenses are punching at the ball, trying to strip him, and he's not really trained to hold on to the ball like that. Right. Now I'm yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was a that was the other guy's problem. I'm not completely forgot his name. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, guy's problem. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but you do know what I'm talking about. He was on our team. He was the safety from. <laughs> he was a safety. They converted him to running back. Oh, Godwin Ekubike. Godwin Ekubike. There we go. He's uh, yeah, he's actually right now. Who's he with? I, I uh, he's with the uh, he's with Seattle. Oh, is he is he on the roster or is he on the practice squad? Uh, yesterday he was on the roster. I don't know if he's on the active roster. If they elevated him, but he's with Seattle right now. Yeah, let's go. Good for him, so, man. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Godwin. Um, I liked him as a player. Obviously, he had some stuff he has to work on, but I'm rooting for that guy. He is like you know. <laughs> You know what? I, I I got it. Okay, yeah. Go. Marvel we go. Alright, uh so the baller of the week, this was tough, but I'm gonna go with the guy that won us the game, and it's Jared Goff. Just the way he played. He the way he played all game, I and mean, we talked about his stats. He I believe he had three touchdowns, over three hundred passing yards. Over 65% completion percentage. It's just the guy's accurate. He hit his deep ball. He made the throws he had to make. Money on third downs. I believe they were seven and nine on third downs. They were all like third and five, third and six. He was money on those. Um, He's actually, you know how he used to say he didn't throw guys open. He would wait for them to get open. Now he has chemistry with these guys. Bro, there was a throw yesterday. It was to Amon Ross St. Brown. I swear. My heart almost dropped. I don't know if you know which throw I'm talking about. It was like a little. Um, it was it like it was, it was like a little. It was like a it was like a post route, and like the DB was like jumping. Like it looked like the DB was about to jump across it. Yeah, but it went right through. Okay, yes. yeah, I remember that play. It was a little. Yeah, that it was, was like a little intermediate crosser going down the. Um, yeah. That was but, directly on the money because if you threw that pass just a little bit behind, that would have been a, a, a interception. 
dude, my heart almost dropped. I was like, golf, what are you? Oh, shit, what a throw. So I was like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, golf, what you, oh, shit, what a throw. Yeah, and, and, you know, that, yeah so uh, that's nice to see because Stafford did those throws all the time. I'm not comparing Stafford to Goff, but Goff last year, like, we did not see that with him at all. He's throwing guys open. Even that throw to, um, was it DJ Chark yesterday? Or not, yeah, not yesterday, yeah. two games ago. No, you're talking about the 40-yard the pass to, to, to DJ? That was, last, that, was, uh, that was this week. No, no, there was a pass. I believe it was last week. Not, not the touchdown pass. There was another pass where he kind of – it was a touchdown pass, It was, but it wasn't like the 40-yard. It was like the little crosser in the red zone last week, I believe it was. Oh, and yeah, he kind yeah, of just threw it up there. He threw it up there before he was there, and then Chark took it. We talked yeah. about Gotham's throw guys open. Now, now he's freaking throwing them open. He, he has trust in them. Obviously, we know he has with Reynolds. He, I mean, right now with Chark, the past two games, he's playing great. Obviously, him and Amon Ross St. Brown have a great connection. So, you have three receivers he's comfortable with. One, he's starting to get a little comfortable. Like, J-Mo might take a little with him because, you know, they just haven't played together, but they hit on that one play yesterday. So, um, it's this is fun, Malcolm. When everyone's firing and he's firing and he's making amazing throws – I'm not saying five or six what the fuck throws. I'm saying like one or two, which is normal for every QB in the league. You know what I mean? So yeah. this is uh this is he's playing great football. He's playing the best football of his career, and he's honestly he's playing like a top ten quarterback. Let's go. I mean can you Let's name go. right now nine other quarterbacks that are playing better? There probably is nine other quarterbacks more talented than him. Yeah, absolutely. Can you name nine other quarterbacks that are playing better than him right now? No, I cannot. I, I, I don't think I, you bro. bro I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100, man. Nice I think it's you. I'm like, I'm having, trying to have the listeners think about it too. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're probably yeah, wondering no. now, but they're probably like, yeah, right. There's uh, Joe Burrow's better, and this guy's better. But I mean, they're they're more talented. We get that. No, Joe Burrow but, is probably playing better, but like, I'm talking about like, there's some guys that are good, but they just haven't had the best year this year. Like I don't even think Tom Brady, I don't, I don't, I don't even know Joe Burrow. I don't even know Joe Burrow's playing better than Jared Goff right now. <laughs> Joe Burrow's also playing out of his mind. He, I mean, he's playing really good, but statistically wise, I think I think Jared Goff is probably outplaying him right now. I don't I mean, know. I have to look at the numbers. I have to look at the numbers. But you know what? Regarding this game, Jared Goff, I think what impressed me the most is that he hit nine different receivers. Yes. You're, and you're wondering, like, well, damn, nine receivers. Huh? How did he hit nine people? Yeah, I mean, concluding the running backs, tight ends. He, he utilized one, I mean, one, two tight ends. Uh, you know, Panay Sewell got a, got a catch. I mean, he was hitting guys, nine different nine different targets, man. Yeah. Um, it's It makes it hard to, to cover these guys when everyone's firing like that so that was nice to see um hopefully it improves it you know obviously you played some two week zone defenses but that's what you like to see when you play a weak defense take advantage of it and they have now they have two tougher defenses coming up in my opinion than these two kind of defenses they played last few weeks last two weeks um but you know i I think they could still take care of business because they got a great o-line they got a running game um and if you want to stack the box, we've seen it the past also few weeks. You want to stop our run? Go ahead. We'll throw it all over you. So that's yep. – I, I love this, man. I love this football. I love the brand of football they're playing right now on offense. And even on defense, it's just fun. I do too, man. All right. Um, oh, boo-hoo. Let me 
a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. For the oopsie doopsie of the week. This is Tyler's segment. Tyler's probably like, he's probably watched this and says like, damn, who the hell is Malcolm with the name is the oopsie doopsie of the week? Shit, I only have a oopsie doopsie of the week. <laughs> um, I I had to get some help. I had, had to phone a friend. My friend name was Pierre. <laughs> I had to get help on this because I didn't know who to name either. But there is one guy who I think deserves this award more than anybody. All right. The weird thing is, he's not on the Detroit Lions roster, but he did play in this game. His name is Jalen Rager. Why is he the oopsie doopsie of the week? Because he guaranteed a victory. And it took a, ended up taking a massive L and also had zero catches and zero target. Did he even have a target? I think he did have a target. I think he did have a target. He didn't, he, he didn't catch it, though. Uh, but, yeah, he had a donut as a stat, and he guaranteed a victory. More the story is, uh, if you're not really relevant to the team you're on, Please do not guarantee yourself a victory. Another moral of the story is don't guarantee a victory against a Dan Campbell football team. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Just don't. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough team, man. I, I want to guarantee a victory against. I mean, and I think in the back of his mind, he probably was like, "Damn, I should have said that because they are playing kind of tough." <laughs> I don't think there's no way he really like seriously thought like, "Oh, this is gonna be a guaranteed win." That was probably the Lions back in the day. People used to say that. Because I don't remember there was a game of, of another Viking did that. Uh, it was a wide receiver. I wish Tyler, Tyler, Tyler he'll be able to tell you right now, but I don't remember the name. But they've done it in the past where they guaranteed the victories and end up winning. But this is a different Lions team, man. As Tyler and um, that, that dude Evan Fox would say, brand new Lions. Let's go. Yeah. it's. It, I've never personally seen nothing like this. Like, we've seen, like, you know, good stretches of football where, like, you know, the offense good, the defense are. I've just never seen, like, a team cohesively in all three, like, um, special teams, offense, defense play this well together, playing complementary football. I, it, this is new to me. Like, yeah, just the way yeah. they've been playing over the last six games. It's new to everybody. It is new to – I mean, I want to say everybody – because there's a lot of people like there's some people maybe older than us that have probably seen us back way back. I'm talking about like the nine, early nineties. Yeah. Um when they when they were going to the playoffs and then when they when they actually won their division, they probably seen this. But for you know, if you're under like that thirty year old range, you probably have not seen this. Um, especially in December, playing really good football, a team and, and going into having a chance to go into the playoffs hot. We haven't seen this. And this is something that, you know, we have a chance to do. If we can get in, you may see something special. You may see something that you probably haven't seen since when well, last time you won the playoff game? Was 1991? 91? Something like that. I don't know. 91, 92? That was the last time you won a playoff game? Um, it's going to be around. Yeah. It's going to be around there. Um, you could see that. You could see that because we could be playing against those school heads again. <laughs> I think if you do go in. I think if you go if in, go you're in. probably you're going to be the last seed. Philly's going to have the bye week. Minnesota right now is the number two seed. I think yeah. it'll be it'll be they'll be playing on the in Minnesota US Bank Stadium. Yeah. So I mean, if that's a big if, that's an if. And if if that if that happens, trust me, they're going to see the schedule. They're going to see that they play us again. They're going to say fuck. 
they're not going to be happy. They would rather play any other team. Like if you ask the Minnesota Vikings, who are they ready to play for the wild card, the Detroit Lions, or the Seattle Seahawks, or the the, the Giants, or the or, or the not the Cowboys Commanders? They're going to say anybody else but the Lions. They don't want to play us for a third time. They do not want to play us for a third time, man. I don't think any team wants to play us, really, to be honest. I mean, you, we saw Philly, like, obviously it was week one, but they're they're a great defense, and, and we 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 put up, what, like 30, 40? I forgot the exact score, but we put up over 30 points on them. I know it's week mm-hmm. one, but, man, I, we... I, think, I honestly think the only team that probably don't give a shit who they play would be the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers. I think those two teams are on a hot streak of their own. I think they're hot as well. I think that we're the third hot team in the NFC right now. So, like, if you ask me right now, who are the top three or four NFC teams right now? I have Detroit Lions in there. I have Detroit Lions either the, the fourth hot team or the third hot team right now. I think right now we play the Dallas Cowboys right now. I think we beat the Dallas Cowboys. So, Kyle that, Brand actually said it on NFL Network. I think it's the that morning show they have. Good morning, football. Good morning, right? football. Good morning, football. <laughs> yeah, so he said right now, I think the third best team in the NFC right now, like just throw away the records, the way they're yeah. playing, is the Detroit Lions. He said yeah. he also believes they're the eighth best team in the NFL overall. I don't know which other seven teams he has against them, but I was like uh, – I believe Holy shit. I, yeah. I believe them. It's because we're hot right now, and we're riding that momentum. I'm telling you, there's only a few teams that are, that are hot like us right now that won't mind. Like, they don't care. Like, the, like I said, San Francisco 49ers, they're number one defense. They're right. With, I mean, who, who the quarterback, Brock Purdy? Brock, bro, he Purdy? put up like 35 some, 30 some points on Tampa's defense yesterday. Like, they're they're clicking right now, Los Angeles. I don't think they care about playing the Lions, but those other teams, I think those other teams are are worried. Like if you're the Dallas sure. Cowboys, the Vikings, those teams are worried. No one, like you said, no one wants to. Even like in general, the Lions. If you think the Lions are going to come in and just lay an egg, you're wrong. Maybe that was five, six weeks ago. Not six weeks. Maybe eight, nine weeks ago. Maybe the defense would have like sucked. You're like, hey, if we just go in, run the ball over them, and pass on them, we'll win the game. They could put up points, but we'll put up more points than them. That's kind of no, how I, it was. Now it's I, like, shit, they could stop the run. This offense is firing in all cylinders. Like, we got to play our best football. We turn the ball over, we could probably lose against this team. That, that's how it is yeah. now. Like, you have to bring your A game against Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Um, our offense is actually scary, man. This, this is a scary offense. People, I mean, they, they know that they see the numbers. They know where we ranked. Uh, this is a scary offense. Malcolm, remember me and you in the beginning there were like, we think the offense could be better. Tyler was like, nah, come on, guys. Like, come on. I was like, bro, they're not even yeah. like, fully there yet. And, and, I mean, the running bro, game obviously is not as effective, but I think they're better right now than they were week one or week two, week three. And, and, as good as we played last week, <laughs> I still don't think we played our best football. <laughs> that, that's, that's scary. That's the scary shit. We did not play our best football. Even Cam was in the locker room. It wasn't the best football, but we got it done. Like, what? That was our best football. Everybody watch that day. That was our best football? Like, people think that that was the guys had to, guys play perfect that game. And that's why we goals. Yeah, goals. That's, that's, they like, oh, that's why they won this game because they, they, they played a perfect game. No, we did not, man. We did not play our perfect game, and then we need to no. play our best football. That's the scary part. So once that happens, and I think it's gonna like every week we're getting slowly getting better. You're gonna start seeing more and more. So that that's the scary part. I can't wait for and, that. And these young guys too, they're getting experience. They're they're getting thrown out there. They know they know what it feels like to win now. Like they actually know how it feels like to win. 
man just like like ag was saying like ag was saying now they're going out every week expecting to win they're getting that, that feeling back you know that, that that feeling they had in college when they were you know they were expecting to win every week those young guys they're this is the feeling they feel right detroit lions right now they're going every week expecting to win right now i mean they should i think i feel like as a football team in general obviously like we, we maybe the beginning of the year was bad but you have to go in every game expecting you're going to win but now you also have the confidence that even campbell said like look man we were like we were always on the cusp, but we were still like learning how to win. Now they're five and one their last six games after one and six start. I mean, if you told me that, I'd be like, you're a fucking liar. If you told me that the Lions would start one and six, and then they just turn around their season and be five and one, I think if you told anyone that, they'll be like, are, are you crazy? Are you high? What are you smoking? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think anybody really expected us to go one and six. No, but- no, no, no. I'm saying like after that one and six start, if you said the Lions are going to go five and one, You'd be like, bro, like, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you want or whatever? If you had told me that, yeah, before the bye week, I would have said, I, I don't I don't think we have a chance to do that. I don't think anybody really thought we had a chance to do that because just how bad the defense is playing. I don't think anybody really expected the defense to do a complete 180. So I actually tweeted something out, and I forgot I tweeted it out, but then someone's like, this aged, this aged well. And... Was so, you said something bad about the defense? Or what happened? No, they said this aged well. Oh, so that means I, it, was good. it was a good thing. I said, um, this is what I said. I said, I think the defense will improve after the bye. Pascal is one of the best run defenders in the draft and can rush from the interior. Kamish was a pressure machine and opening up for Hutch oh, yeah. Jacobs as a dog. Also, they'll make some changes to their defense during the bye. I said that as a tweet. Did, right? did, 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 then, you, did you see my? I think he responded to to my response to that. What? I think he responded to my response to that because I I did a, a retweet with a quote, and I put on there, if that happens, we will go on a run, and when we do yeah. that, all the people who wanted Dan Campbell out is gonna say that's my coach. <laughs> so. Some people are like, you're crazy, you're high. And today I just went back and like, you know, just kind of like clowning tweet, like doing the eye emoji or doing like, yeah, are are you sure? Really? And they're like, wow, you're right. I mean, I I knew the defense was going to improve. They couldn't be this bad. Obviously, the talent level. I mean, the guys were still young and still learning. Now it looks like they they're developing like at a really fast rate, too, which is nice to see during the season. So, you know, and they get guys back. It's exciting, man. It's, it's cred- you know what? I know we gave a lot of shit to Brockers, but even Dan Campbell said in his presser that he is a big factor into it because he's helping those guys. I guess I'm not sure if he's in, in, in training, in, in practice, he's, he's working with them. Individually, I'm not sure what he's doing, but they're saying that he's a big factor and these guys playing well, Isaiah Bugs and, um, you know, the, the, the Lee McNeils. He has them playing well. So, I mean, is, is Michael Brockers like a future? You see him being like an assistant? <laughs> what, well, what the <laughs> here's the thing. With with the Rams, he was a really good player. Obviously, I think now he's like 31, 32. H got to him a little and all that. And I think he's also dealt with injuries over the past like few years. So, he, he knows how to play. He played with the best defensive player arguably ever. You yep. could put like Lawrence Taylor and him, in my opinion, two guys to ever play the on defense. He's played with him. Um, he he's seen a lot of things. He's been to a Super Bowl, didn't win it, but he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs. He's won a lot in LA. 
So he's bringing that veteran experience, that veteran leadership to the D-line. Yeah. Even with him not being out there because he's not playing, but they're saying he's contributing a lot. Um, him, he even mentioned Jerry Davis, JD. <laughs> Jerry, he said Jerry yeah. Davis is a big help. So having him out there is helping the, these young linebackers as well. So that's that's good. I, I mean, I, I guess it's really good to have these vets, man. Yeah, nine million dollar coach, nice nine million dollar for Rockers. He's probably <laughs> making more than Dan Campbell. <laughs> Joking, about it. I mean, oh yeah. man, he. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he's making more than Campbell. That's that's a lot, but yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, because Dan Campbell's not making more than nine. That's that's. Who was making? Who was the coach? I was making ten million. Who they gave a ten million contract? Like 50. I believe it was uh, the the Raiders guy, Gruden. Gruden, yeah. And Gruden. guys that are close to that, but not exactly. I believe are Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton, I obviously like took the year off, but he's still going to be under contract when he comes back. There's a couple other wait, coaches wait, that wait, made a wait, lot. Wait a minute, he's going to be under contract when he comes back. So when you retire, the team still has. Um, you're right. You, you, they have their rights, yeah. and they're still under contract. They're not fired. They're under contract. So he's still under contract. So he either made New Orleans a mess. Maybe he goes back to New Orleans and fixes it or whatever, or a team trades for him. They're not going to let him walk for free. Hmm. So New Orleans, New Orleans has some. I mean, I don't know if he wants to go back to New Orleans because they're they're in cap hell, but they do need him right now. They do miss him. I'll say that. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, with that situation. Oh, another guy, Sean McVay. He's also making, I don't know if it's like that game, but he's making, like, he's one of the highest paid coaches as well. So, I mean, he's a good coach. It's just, bro, the amount of injuries they've dealt with, it's almost impossible for a team to win like that. Your entire O-line goes down. Your top two receivers go down. Your quarterback goes down. Aaron Donald is hurt. <laughs> I mean, shit. Bad for them, good for us. Yeah, I mean, I, we've dealt with that before here, too. You know, we've had lots of injuries, and you just have to overcome them. Grit. We talk about grit. We talk about guys taking up, next man up. It's cliche, but that's how it is here. Guy goes down, guy steps up. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, man. Uh, is there anything else we have for this show, man? Or is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap, Malcolm. All right, man. Well, that is a wrap to episode 272 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed that episode. Um, if you guys can please um, leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And with that being said, I'm your boy, Malcolm, and I'm signing out. Peace. All right, guys. Uh, like Malcolm said, leave those reviews. They're greatly appreciated. And I'll see you guys later in the week when we talk about the Jets. I'm out. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.